Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. Today's guest is Gemma Arterton. I was very lucky to have a few minutes of Gemma's time. On her press day, she did some radio interviews, I think she did some TV stuff, and then I nabbed some time for the podcast, which was very exciting. We recorded it at the Langham Hotel, and uh, we had a really good chat. The interview is primarily about the film that Gemma is releasing at the moment. It's out on the 3rd of August in the UK and Ireland. It's called The Escape. It's directed by Dominic Savage and it's an amazing film. It's really hard to describe actually just because it is it doesn't really sit in kind of one genre of uh, film, but it's it's kind of like a romantic thriller comedy. It's amazing. It's sort of well, it's one of my favorite types of films actually how it's a slice of life you know not a lot happens but a lot happens if you know what I mean. Arterton plays Tara a stay-at-home mother of two living in Kent and her existence is kind of soulless even though on paper she kind of has everything that she's supposed to want. She's got a nice husband, she's reasonably successful, she's got kids, she's got you know an all right house and from the outside she's kind of got a decent life but the film really is about feeling suffocated feeling claustrophobic and feeling like it's too late to really do what you want to do with your life um, so I think there's loads of themes in there that are very relevant to lots of people who might want to go and watch it it was really amazing talking to Gemma about lots of different things we spoke about escaping we spoke about what happens if you don't express your creativity what it's like shooting a film in your hometown they shot it in Gemma's hometown and even in her mum's house uh, parts of it we speak we speak about unhappiness and and kind of what happens when women complain we also talk about how Gemma's not on social media I thought that was really interesting and also getting out of your comfort zone so yeah I hope you enjoy this episode I really liked it I'm really excited to share it with you and let me know in the comments or on iTunes if you liked it thanks so much for listening here it is so I'm so excited to be here with Gemma Arterton, the character that you play, Tara. The fact that this, this on-paper success that she has doesn't quite match up with how she feels on the inside. That's something that so many people can relate to, I think. Do you think that is a bit of a symbol on where we're at with so much outward success? I think, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, she is... I don't... It's funny. She has a, she has a family. She has a lovely home. It's not necessarily something she achieved for herself, the home situation. She's a stay-at-home mum, so her husband uh, does everything in terms of uh, breadwinning. And um, I, I, I think that she... Some, one of the things I wanted to... I wanted to make a film about a woman that is essentially a creative person that never did anything about it. And what happens if you don't express your creativity? And aside, I think that she... If she had the opportunity to when she was younger, um, maybe she would have moved to London or done something else. Um, but she didn't. She settled down young. And she, like a lot of people in that, we shot it in my hometown. And a lot of my friends growing up, they did that. And and they're very happy. But I, I just thought about what if it was me? I, I think I would have been really unhappy. And... Um, so yeah, I think it dares to there's it dares to say that you know it's o- it's okay she she didn't feel satisfied. She 
did something about it. Does, yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean what she did was the right thing to do or the most, but she did something about it. And yeah. um, and because um, who doesn't sometimes just wake up thinking, imagine if I just left. Imagine if I just put my phone in the bin and went somewhere else. Mm. It's it's such an incredible topic to play with. Yeah, yeah, and and interestingly, where I grew up, Gravesend has is the last well, one of the stops on the Eurostar and so there was always this gateway to Europe on my doorstep Kent is such a weird and brilliant and odd place in that um, it's sort of the gateway to Europe but it's also very sort of it's almost, it's quite a sort of there are times when it's quite closed off it's quite traditional it's quite a lot of racism in Kent and and uh, I, but I always was quite aware of how much how much possibility there was living there and so in the film she she is sort of she knows that she can go to a completely different country a completely different life so easy just step on a train yeah. and um and she does that yeah yeah cuz i don't know if you agree with this but it does seem like still society is quite obsessed with youth people achieving things at a young age but I like the fact that in the film it remind it is a reminder I know that it's quite hard watch in places but it's kind of like a it's never too late thing as well yeah you can do something about your life um absolutely and oh god you know there's that book at the moment um the subtle art of not giving a fuck oh yeah everything has a swear word in the title I know it's that everyone just doesn't care um (laughs) but it's interesting I've been sort of reading it it's it's a really fun read actually but it's interesting it's about you know how there's so much pressure in these days to have achieved and be happy all the time and be positive and all only ever talk about positive things and you can't show any weakness and um and visualization and you can't complain and actually my my film is about a woman that dares to complain and dares to say I'm not happy and dares to sort of do something about it however drastic it may be and I actually think it's really important to express your unhappiness and allow yourself to experience that in the film she is going through a crisis and no one offers her any help they just tell her to get over it and Actually, there are so many things that this film's about, but communication and being really upfront and hearing and listening, are, it just doesn't exist in this mm-hmm. film. No one's really listening to each other. Um, when in she, that way, it's quite real. Yeah. It's kind of, there's so many layers, and thank God, because so many relationships in films are just like, that would never happen. Yeah, and I think we're so, you know, in especially Anglo-Saxon cinema, we're so... It's very romanticised. Relationships are often portrayed as these kind of then they lived happily ever after sort of things. Mm. That's not my experience of relationships. You know, my life was divorce, parents divorced, grandparents divorced, loads of people at my school where I grew up had divorced parents, marriages break down. There are obviously people that stay together and have great relationships, but also the reality is that you know a lot of people don't and that's sort of something that's like part of the part of life and um so I wanted to make a film that was very honest about that and um it wasn't kind of romantic or it's that's why it's quite hard to watch sometimes I think Mm -hmm. it's it's slow burning and it's kind of excruciating and I get really frustrated with um 
Dominic's character. Do you? A little bit. It's very interesting because Dominic, he chooses to play the character in a kind of... I didn't expect him to play it in that way. He plays him a little bit, in my opinion, quite pathetic person in that... He doesn't really know how to, com- to to talk to his wife, and she doesn't know how to talk to him. She's given up, actually. Even before the film starts, she's sort of checked out of the relationship. But I thought he was going to play him much more kind of brutishly, mm-hmm. and more. there were times when he's ag- aggressive and shouts at her, but he never... You think he might end up, or she might end up, resorting to violence, and that never really does happen. But he actually plays him... He's actually very relatable to and it's so interesting showing this film to people because there are some people that really really are on his side and they just cannot understand what is going on with her and you know what it reminded me of i don't know if you've seen wild yeah reese witherspoon um cheryl strayed but yeah i wanted to ask you about the exec producing of it I don't know anything about film like Mm. how they're made um Mm. what what did that sort of entail from your side well more and so I I I love just developing projects usually as an actor you come on you get sent a script like two months before the shoot's going to happen you say yes and you do it my one of the biggest pleasures for me is like putting together a film coming up with the idea finding writers finding a script so with this this was my first foray into um producing and i uh I basically the director of dominic savage and i met and just chatted about films that inspired us and a lot of them were french and um and subject matters that were interesting to us at the time like relationships and breakdowns of relationships and and so we came up with this kind of idea of what we kind of wanted to shoot and then the whole film's improvised so mm, yeah I wanted to ask you about that that's that's cool yeah and it was the first time I'd worked in that way but yeah, yeah so it was a really organic kind of um, process the the genesis of the film um, and then I step aside as I'm not a producer on it, um, so the main producer will kind of do all the nitty-gritty putting together of a crew and locations and finding the money, and I sort of only came in and out of that. Um, uh, and also, when you're on set doing a film like this, the last thing you want to be doing is like dealing with the catering and whatnot. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's great because it meant that I was invested in it in a very sort of intimate way, mm-hmm. like even you know. Dominic uh, Savage was like, let's shoot it in your hometown. And um, What was that like? It was really, really weird because, um, I mean, it's like, you know when you go back to your anywhere, oh, like your hometown, it just feeling. makes you feel a certain way, whether it's good memories, bad memories, you know, it's it just... Na- na- immediately makes you feel something. So I go that back was to who I was then. It's weird. Yeah. Just for a split second I'm like, I'm that person again, but I'm not. Yeah. Well. I think it's a really powerful thing and for an actor, you're often in doing as much as you can on set to create circumstances that make you feel a certain way. So that was like half the work was done in terms of like, oh I feel a bit trapped or I feel a bit out and don't really mm. connect with this landscape and because um, that's how I felt when I was growing up in yeah. in Gravesend 
and um, also it makes you feel a bit vulnerable, a bit weird and we shot, there's a scene in a car park, where a shopping centre car park and that is like every Saturday I used to go there with my mum mm. and park there and get the shopping in and it was so weird being there and then having a film crew there and interestingly there's a scene, there's only one shot, one scene which is in my mum's house and my mum's back garden where I grew up and it was it's so weird about a year before we started shooting I had a dream that there was a film crew in my garden and we were making a film and then a year later we were making a film in my mum's garden it was so bizarre and it was very that was a very exposing to suddenly have these people from London like in my mum's house and you know my mum being there and not (laughs) knowing where to go and be and feeling a bit kind of exposed as well and but it really helped me because the scene in my mum's garden is with my fictional mum so it sort of made me feel like that kind of kid that's you know gone around to see a mum and a bit awkward and yeah Yeah. and it all helps it's all part of whether it's it's very subtle but it all really helps making it personal do you like being out of your comfort zone in that way yeah I love it I guess no one you don't have to do that but you wanted to do that yeah it's sort of a weird sadistic masochistic thing that I, I like I love doing things that are a bit um that make you feel a bit weird and a bit odd and a bit um my my taste in film is I love films that make you feel a bit strange and a bit disturbed and you know so I as much as I love doing light-hearted I'm doing a big comedy at the moment which is so easy and like the opposite of this film um I love all of that variation but there's something about going somewhere um does it help as well that you you can't really be pigeonholed I I hope that's the case although you know without complaining I'm always reminded that I was a Bond girl and Anyway, but yeah, I I, um, I do try to not pigeonhole myself. Um, and also, I, I think I just enjoy all aspects of what I do. And I love doing everything. So, you know, as I did this film, The Escape, and then, you know, it was an improvised film. And then the next film I did was, like, very, very, very language-driven, very scripted, very... Um, like the opposite of that and that's interesting to me um yeah yeah it must keep keep everything very exciting that you're yeah. always on the lookout for new things and yeah yeah but how long did this one take to film three weeks oh right so it's quite that, yeah. is that quick it was super quick and but it was just the right amount of time I don't think I could have done it for any longer without just getting very down and um we were shooting very quickly and six day weeks which is a killer really for the crew and the whole thing was very quick from in sort of inception I think I, Dominic and I met to start talking about it in February and then we were shooting it by October which is incredibly quick in film world mm-hmm. usually it takes years to put a film together yeah. so it was super, it was really great that we could come up with an idea and then get the money and then go with it and then it was done you know there wasn't enough time to kind of think too much about it and also on set, because of the, the unscripted nature, we were doing like 25 minute long takes and, you know, just, it was just, it, there were so many, there's so many different versions of this film that could have been cut, it could be totally different. We did loads of different versions. Wow. Um, How interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, and then I had to sort of, we all did, we all trusted Dominic 
um, Savage, the director, to cut it in a way. I didn't really know how, which way he was going to take it. Like for the ending, we shot loads of different versions of the ending. Wow. I, I really want... liked what he was saying um, when I read all the information about how he writes the, the, story, the story first and then turns it into a script. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it Medium. does. He's very, very... It's That's a great way to work, I think, because as much as I have like the utmost respect for writers and what they do, that's their one take on it. And when you're on set, you're working with all these different creative people. It could go diff- somewhere else um, if you allow it to. And I think the best writers sort of listen to that um, if their actor feels something or a director wants to try something else out. and. And that's what we were allowed to do. I mean, have you been on films where it's literally like this is the line, yeah. and the line cannot be changed, and yeah. it's like you can't even say yep. You've got to say yes. Yeah, really. Yeah, I hated wow. it. I mean, I, I get can it. That I get was it. So weird. I, and there are some like genius writers where you don't dare to question it because you're like, that is a genius, and that has to be said in that way. Um, but I did. I worked with one director who was basically a dictator, and you know, oh I, I remember him making an actress cry because she wouldn't she got the intonation wrong on the line and he was drilling it um but he he's he he even says look i'm a dictator i want it exactly how i want it Um, that can be i mean i've never done anything on any sets like that but i was in an advert once yeah and it was like i had to do it again and again and again and again i kept getting it wrong and i was just like literally i was like i can't do this it's horrible because then the seed of doubt comes in of like why am why are they not happy oh no i'm rubbish oh no i'm getting yeah the pressure for that five minutes of my life that i did that i was like wow it's really fun. I just made this film with Julie Delpy, and um, I've always loved her and her, you know, she works in a very kind of improvisational way as well. Um, she's an amazing writer and um, director, and she also always stars in her own, f- own work, which was the first time I'd worked with a writer-director who was also starring in their film. Mm-hmm. And I was so comforted by the fact that she actually... She, there was one bit where she couldn't get the, the lines out properly and she got so frustrated with herself and she had to keep cutting herself because she's the director and say, well, we'll go again, we'll go again. And, oh, God, no, I can't. Why am I doing this? And, you know, I'm freaking out. And I thought, oh, God, yeah, it happens to everybody. <laughs> it happens to all of us where you get worked up as to... It's like there is pressure because it's... Time it's is funny money. That she had it as well. That's Everyone does. Yeah. Everybody. Because it's funny when you see the pictures of Lena Dunham directing, and she's got the monitor like, on her lap, and then she's doing the acting bits. Like, whoa! I don't know how you do that. I mean, I was so in. I was looking at her in admiration, actually, Julie, because she she's got such ease. You know, she she knows what she's doing. She's she she's got her eye on your performance at the same time as her own while she's doing the take. It's wow. so, it's like That's she's like the ultimate, peripheral. yeah, she's, she's naturally, I think, a real multitasker, mm. um, but yeah, yeah, I loved working with her. Would you call yourself a multi-hyphenate? Yeah, I, I like to, I don't know if I'm that multi-hyphenate, like Julie Delpy standards or like, you know, Lena Dunham, Greta Gerwig standards, but, you know, I like to, I think I can handle a couple of things at a time, you know. Yeah. Um, what's the proudest thing that you've done so far in your career, would you say? Well, in my theatre career, um, I've done loads of stuff that um, is really memorable and proud. One one was Main Dagenham and the other was when I opened... Mm. 
I opened this really magical, beautiful theatre in London called the Sam Wanamaker Playhouse, and it was like a, such a special night. And I played the Duchess of Malfi, which is a, a great role, and that was a great proud moment. But in terms of my film career, um, I'm very proud of this film because it's so honest, and I think it's the most truthful um, performance that I've done. Um, uh, but then I'm proud of other work because I've had such different projects and they're all they're all so different yeah. um, it's really hard for me to kind of compare them but um, I did a film a couple of years ago called Their Finest and it was such a beautiful little fully rounded British film with lovely people and um, but yeah I mean I'm the worst person I'm so self-deprecating and it's actually a bad personality trait mm. I find it really hard to it's quite comforting to hear you say that out of all people. Oh, it's but. terrible. I'm, I'm the worst at interviews because I, even just now I did an interview on, on national radio live and the first thing I said was, this isn't a film for everybody. It's, you know, you're either going to love it or hate it. But why am I putting my work down? Like, yeah. I don't know if it's a British thing where we kind of go, ah, well, you know, it's yeah. it's all right. But actually, you know, I'm not very good at bigging myself up. But um, no, It's an incredible film. And also... I would say it literally is for everyone because of the subject matter. Like everyone has relationships. Everyone yeah. is so yeah. I mean, it might not be like your Tara per se, but God, it's so many elements spoke to me. Oh, that's great. Well, that's what we wanted. I mean, that's ultimately what I think. There's there's a time and a place for entertaining cinema where you just go and you you let you know you forget about yourself. You escape into you. The, re- the fantasy world of yeah. whatever and then I think what I think is really powerful cinema is when you you really think about humanity and life and 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 Goodness, you question yeah. things and it makes you sort of wakes up certain aspects of yourself and um that's it's, it's like we've all got obviously one life but you kind of can't help but be like oh what if I did that or what if I took that fork in the road and not the other one because I read in the in some of the press materials that um that in on one of the screenings like some of the male viewers like rang their wives up in panic. Really? Oh, yeah. To that, check that's... that they were all right oh, and that they were happy and yeah. Even that is quite a quite an amazing reaction. Yeah. Well, I guess that um, it's so interesting because this film was financed by com- entirely by this company called Lawton, who it's a company that. Of, of city guys and women who finance films and I was so amazed that they backed this film mm-hmm. because it doesn't necessarily to my you know I guess maybe I was a bit biased and judgmental and thought well why would a city boy be interested in a f- film yeah. about a woman and that's, not Wolf of Wall Street yeah or something that's very sort of masculine and but I, I it really touched me actually that they really they really supportive of this film and and um and this company is great because they always they want to kind of give voice to young to emerging talent as well Mm -hmm. and um and uh but yeah I mean that's the thing and you know it's very satisfying for me to watch to see a guy watch this film that wouldn't necessarily go to see a film like this and be really touched by it or um you know it, it opens their perception a little bit more about it's so subtle what Tara is going through in the speci- especially in the first sort of 15 minutes of the film that you wouldn't blink and you miss it sort of her 
what she's it's so like hidden mm. and behind closed doors and she's sort yeah. of putting on a front and I think a lot of people do that in relationships in order to escape conflict or yeah. just to kind of put things under the carpet and hope they go Especially away women. I know we do because well who knows you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to upset anyone you don't want to it's so interesting because there's we did a QA and a um, last night and there was a guy in the audience that went, don't you think she should have just been honest and like said how she felt? And I said, well, yeah, like she so should have done that, but she didn't. And this is why, because this is the issue of, like one of the issues in the film is that she doesn't feel like, she doesn't feel like she can, she's not going to get heard. Like every time she does try to talk to him, he just laughs it off and says, stop being silly, cheer up love, you know? Yeah, God, yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, Some uh, things are so hard to explain as well. I yeah. get that, where I'm like, because I because I'm a writer, I'm like, I'll I'll write someone, that, I'll literally have to write it down, my like, because I can't, I'm not very good at vocalising things. So it yeah. was interesting that there was so much going around in her head that actually, where do you start with that as well? Oh, God, yeah, it's so complicated, and I think it in that situation in the film, the relationship is a kind of, I mean, she's she hasn't got. Unfortunately, she doesn't have any other vocation other than being a mother and a housewife. So she doesn't have anywhere else to go, really. Mm. And she, she's de- she's de- entirely dependent on him, and and that's a very suffocating feeling. And and yeah. it's a very complicated place to be. Totally. Sort of, you, that's a choice that she made, but um, she's in it now. How do mm. you? get out of that how do you untangle yourself and yeah yeah it's, it's amazing mm. everyone needs to watch it oh um, thank you I had one last question that's kind of meta yeah um what question do you think people need to stop asking actors or women in interviews what do you, is there anything that you think is just like why do people keep bringing that up um I think asking about if they want to have kids mm. I would love to have children at some point but it's so weird that we I it doesn't offend me but it it's just very baffling um that can happen so much in like personal family life like yeah not even the media it's like just someone's cousins like (laughs) when are you gonna have kids (laughs) when are you gonna settle down I mean there's that and then I think in general um I'd love it one day. I mean, like, recently I've been doing interviews with really great journalists who don't ask me about my private life, and I love that. Mm -hmm. But generally, you get asked about, you know, are you in a relationship or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's so important to keep as much of your private life private when you're an actor. That's why I feel very ambivalent towards social media, because you're exposing yourself outside of your work to the public and all my favourite actors and performers and writers and whatnot are sort of mysterious mm. and um, yeah, and so you can kind of fall into their work and not know them mm. you're just sort of looking at what you're being presented with um, so yeah I'd love to you're just lo- not on it, do you have private accounts or no? Just no, nothing. Yeah. no I don't have anything Yeah, because I interviewed Greta Gerwig once and she was just like does she? I'm not on it. No, she's not interested. Yeah. Like, not going to be on Twitter anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, some people, I guess, it's just either you really like it or you don't. And some people love it. I mean, some people really do love it. 
um, and it helps them in their work and their, their careers and with their friends and everything. For me, it just, it was sort of a waste of time and um, I was on it for a bit um, and it just made me really insecure as well and I just think, oh God, you know, I'd rather not bring that in, you know. Yeah, I think that's really great. Yeah. I think, we, yeah, it's it should be a choice and not, not just like, oh, I should be on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know just to sort of bring it back to the film like motherhood is seen as this kind of like I don't know like you can't touch that it's kind of you know it's a sacred thing which it is and to a certain extent but it's not like what create what makes a woman yeah. it's um, something that can happen to some women if they yeah. want it to or or even if they don't you know it's totally. not it's not what a woman is yeah because if this film was actually the 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 guy leaving would have been a totally different film. Yeah. But that's weird in itself. Yeah. That it's so normalised for, like, dads to leave. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make it, because so many dads leave, and it's seen as normal, and they see their kids every other fortnight or whatever, and move out, and that's what I imagine Tara does at mm. the end of the film. But um, when a woman does it, it's like, well, how could? She, what's wrong with her? How could she do that? What kind of a mother is she? And... Um, yeah, and so I just wanted to show why, maybe. Thank you so much Thank for you. talking to me. Thank you. Thank you.